Becca. We are here. Welcome back. It's Sports and Spit Christmas Special 2019. We are here for the last episode of 2019. And it's been a long while since we've had an episode. It has. There's uh, been plenty happening since our last show. Jeez, oh, it must have been at least three months since we've come here. Three, let's have a look. Our last one was the 20th of October. So 20th of October. Two months. Two months. There you go. And that was our NBA season preview, amongst yeah. other things. The NBA season is now a quarter of the way over, if not more. Correct. Christmas is around the corner. A couple of days away. A man in the big red suit. Yeah, and uh, the first game of the State of Origin series in 2000 is on the TV. We're doing Retro League tonight as we come at you for our summary of what 2019 brought you. Yep. And our preview of what 2020 will give you. Episode 33, the Larry Bird Show. Yeah, the 33. The old, the, you're, you, you don't, you've recently soured on Larry Bird because you've got another favourite white, great white hope. I do. Luka Doncic. Yep. You're a big fan of Luka, aren't you, Streety? Larry Bird might, might even be four Luka Doncic's worth of age. Not quite. That's all right. Um, yeah. But may, maybe three, th- three and a bit. Now, in the last two months, though, there's been a couple of big things going on in your life. Yes. The least of which, well, not the least of which was... You turned 40, mate. I did turn 40. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. And and you also celebrated your birthday with a trip to the United States. We did. So we're going to hear a little bit about that later on. We're going to get you to give us a bit of a rundown on what you saw and what you did. Yeah, the people um, we met, the places we went. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we also had a little party for your 40th. It was a great camping expedition out there. That's it. Came away with a few bruises, courtesy of the world's biggest slip and slide. Yeah, I had a few dead legs, I tell you. We got a bit carried away with this slip and slide, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but it was a great weekend had by all. But at that weekend, the boys got together and we chipped in and we gave you a gift, didn't we? A massive stitch up. <laughs> Big stitch up. Why don't you tell everybody what we got you for your 40th birthday, mate? I was uh, given proudly by a whole bunch of friends of mine a NRL referees course uh, to participate in <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Foundation one, NRL referee you are going to be. At 8am uh, on New Year's Eve at Moore Park in the middle of the city in Sydney. Yes. Um, whoever organised that is... You are welcome. You no, I'm, I'm talking about the idiots in the NRL. Yeah, well, who, don't worry. Well, that's, who would schedule it for, for that actual for the, day and time? <laughs> I don't think the NRL is known for its great scheduling abilities, and uh, we were very pleased to find that course available um, because we feel like over the years you've criticised enough referees in any particular sport that you're either participating in or watching at the time that it might be about time that you join their ranks. Well, this is true. I have an absolute disdain for officiating across the board Yep. In any sport yep, I've seen uh, that yep. I watch or participate in or take an interest in. It causes a lot of anger. It does, mm-hmm. yes, there's, there's no doubt. You know, it's not just me, um, you know, it, I kind of feel like in this day and age that the spotlight is on the referees more. Referee rage is, is, a, is a real problem. Totally, and I, I, I kind of think they're performing worse under the pressure. Mm. Yep. Um, so there's a tipping point coming, you know, where the referees. Is it that they're performing work. worse under pressure, or is it that just the scrutiny is is a bit more? Well, maybe they expect more. Well, may, maybe you know, referee haters like myself are being proved right in the sense that, you know, um, everyone finally realizes that the mistakes that they make constantly are just being shown up. Or is it because you and I talk a little bit about in society the outrage phenomenon that everybody's pissed off with everything? Is this 
is this your own example of you being outraged at everything? You're outraged at everything an official does. Um, everything. No, I, I would disagree because I think that. <laughs> <laughs> because why? Because it's not just me that gets outraged. <laughs> well, many, many like-minded in- individuals <laughs> yeah. share the same rage. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, being um, part of the mob mentality doesn't make it right. There's, really. there's got to be something to it. Yeah, that's this is how the Nazis got themselves into some drama. I mean, you, <laughs> you just have to look at the NBA at the moment. They're they're yep. trialing a one-season trial of a referees challenge. How do you think that's going? It's a debacle. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I saw today well. Eric Spolstra challenged the call. A goaltending call, I think, in, in the Philadelphia Miami game. What do you think is a disaster? What it's not working? They they referenced the commentators referenced at some point. Forty five percent of the calls were proved correct, as in the coach was correct in, in challenging it. So yeah. the coach's challenge was upheld forty five percent of the time. Yeah. That's the statistic, right? Yeah. You have referees mm. sort of having other other referees back. So there, there's been some calls where um, you know, you look at it and you think, well, that sh- should go the other way, mm. but it's actually upheld. Yeah. So, so yeah, the challenge is so, overturned. And so, so the mandate the from the league office would have to be, we need at least, or more than 50% of, of the um, challenges mm. have to be, have to go with the original call. Okay. Otherwise, and that, that, that just... So you're calling the league conspiracy to protect the referees? In some way, because I mean, they're being shown up more, mm. so you have to have a system in which, or a quota, yeah. or a way in which to, um, you know, protect them. Because you know, if they're constantly being shown up and proved to be wrong more than what they're right, yeah, then you're gonna have an, an issue with referees and referee strikes and yeah, sure. and, and things like that. So, and you know, the best part about this, the best way to change that, mate, is from the inside. And that's why you're going to be an NRL referee one day. Undercover ref. The undercover ref. We're watching Hollywood Bill Harrigan control this 2000 State of Origin game with great deportment. And I believe that you will go down in the ranks of NRL referees the same as they remember Hollywood Harrigan. One of the greats? One of the greats. (laughs) He was known for not calling many penalties. I feel like you'll... You'll blow the pee out of a whistle like that. Yeah, but my only uh, concern is maintaining a consistent 10 metres and not the distance. I thought you were about to say maintaining a consistent temper. Just, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Running a consistent 10 metres down <laughs> Getting your fitness to a level where you can get back 10 well, metres. Well, yeah, it's pretty hard on a, on a dodgy leg, mate. So. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. How long you had that dodgy leg for? Oh, 25 years? 17 years. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> almost, almost half my life. Almost half your life, wow. Oh, well, well, so, yeah, so we look forward to coming at you in the new year with um, one of us having qualifications as an official referee. So we're very proud of you, Streety. We're very happy for you to be pulling on the high-vis, pink, as it would seem. Yeah. And uh, and you joining the referee ranks, mate. Yeah, now, very, very happy. just watching this replay, Wendell Wendell's. Saylor has just been knocked Cold. Yeah, now let's talk about Wendell Saylor. <laughs> yeah, that's a great segue. So, have you heard the rumour about Wendell Saylor being the retired NRL great who is in front of a court for drug supply charges? Absolutely, I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that also. And I've heard that Manu Vadavai, the vol- is it a volcano? Yes. Is that what they call him? He is also, he's co-accused. I, is I what just, I was told. I don't get it. 
what I didn't get. Well, why footballers do drugs or why they supply them? No, I mean, I get why they would do drugs. Yeah. But why Wendell Saylor would feel the need to get into a supply ring when, you know, he's retired, so he's got obviously got some money from his playing days, but he mm. would have had a reasonably he, well-paying job with the Triple M network. He was a bit of a media personality. I would have thought that he probably would have had a pretty decent earning potential after his sporting career was over. But he had problems during his career with drug use. He did. He got suspended for cocaine, cocaine use as yeah. a rugby player. It's a pretty easy kind of transition. Or well, I don't really know because I'm not um, in the world of drug supply. But I suspect it's a reasonably easy transition for someone like Wendell. If you're a user, you would very quickly get to know people that want to sell it to you, you know, and then that want you to sell it as well. Yes, correct. Mm. It might look like a an easy couple of bucks. He was never known for his great decision-making ability. Yeah, you know, I suppose some things, you know, just defy sort of uh, common sense. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, why, uh, you know, a 40-something-plus-year-old 40, 40 man, professional, mm. you know, yeah, uh, you know, well-known person, yeah, seemingly good career on his belt would uh, resort to... Do you know what confuses me? What I don't understand is... Maybe they just get used to earning lots of easy money and... yeah. And then it doesn't come as easily, so then they need to find another way. Yeah, to get maybe they get into financial sort of, you know, yeah. um, situations when they're playing where, they, where the money's coming in and then when it's yeah. not, to Good. maintain that, that lifestyle and expenses, you have to get it from elsewhere. Yeah. What confuses me is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm also not involved in the legal fraternity, so I don't know why they would protect his identity. Yeah. I don't understand why a judge would say, well, it's going to jeopardise something. I mean, maybe it might tip other people off that are involved in a ring the same as him. But I, so, so I sometimes I am a little bit sceptical, so I don't really want to break it down too much because I, I don't know if it's true. Yeah. It's only a rumour. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, because you, you may just be basically making stuff up, but that's the rumour that we've heard. So he may not, it may not be true at all. It may not be Wendell, but... Whoever it is, if there is somebody in front of the courts that's a retired NRL player that's been done for drug supply charges, it seems illogical, right? Like you would well, be Rod, a fair target to be known. Right on cue, the NRL off-season just brings all the uh, yeah, exactly. all the doozies. We had uh, Josh Reynolds in front of the courts yeah, today, the domestic, domestic violence charges. Guilty, of course. Said that his wife had the bruises from medication, not from him punching her. So. I actually haven't heard what happened. So that's yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, but it sounds. So what? So what? Hmm? That was just the report. Well, that was just the report that I read. Was that he? I think that his defence team were going to use the the reasoning that um, she took medication. I'm not sure. It must be for some sort of existing condition, and that that one of the side effects was like quite easily bruised, and so it wasn't. He didn't touch her. Where were the bruises? I'm not really sure. To be honest, I don't know. So. It's been a stressful year for Josh Reynolds, changing clubs, not getting a run with the Tigers. Um, mm. So who knows? It's um, you know. No excuse for domestic violence. That's correct. Either way, um, one club that may be rubbing their, or well, you can't can't really say rubbing their hands with glee, but the West Tigers quietly somewhere in a, in a closed boardroom are mm. rubbing their hands again, thinking, oh, this is a great way to get off this monster yeah. contract. Well, what is he on? He's on like eight hundred yeah. a year or something, isn't he? It's a ridiculous contract for him. So, mm, it's a bit rough. So, well, it's, hopefully, it's not true. But obviously, where there's smoke, there's fire. And during the NRL off season, there's 
a whole lot of smoke because a whole smoke. lot of people doing stupid stuff. Uh, so. Latrell Mitchell and the Roosters. That seems like an inevitable It's an ongoing breakup. saga, doesn't it? Yeah. Where do you think he'll end up? Well, I suspect if, if they do manage to free up the money through Josh Reynolds' legal problems, he'll end up at the Tigers, I suspect. Because yeah. it does sound like nobody else is really interested at this stage. Because because of the way he's played the game, Latrell, like, I think he, he and his manager have made mistakes in terms of, you know... Hanging on, making clubs hang on for too long, and now nobody really wants to hang around and wait. I think a natural fit, and I think it'll happen. And this is probably why Latrell has been holding out on going to the Tigers. Would be that uh, I kind of think that he thinks his future may lie with the Bunnies. Oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah. filling that void left by Inglis. Yeah, becoming that sort of indigenous sort of icon that the yeah, face yeah. of the club. You know, he, yeah. he'd be a good football fit. Well, they're renowned um, for being the sneaky team in the wings the bunnies when any big name free agents on the market yeah, they always seem to get them they always seem to be no no not interested not interested not interested and then lo and behold they jag a signature right yeah like so um yeah like i think you could be right there Strudy. you could have something could you i mean the i mean it's a storyline you know ready to rock round one roosters rabbits you know mm. the defending premiers they're one of their best players yeah you know, leaves goes to their arch rivals. You know, yep. Souths have a proud Indigenous history. You know, he'd kind of be a perfect fit as a, yeah, you know, as a ambassador for the club, so to speak. Absolutely, um, it would be a really good story. Yeah. Do you think he? Do you think Latrell Mitchell is a guy who looks better because he's on the end of a fantastic backline, like or in people always playing behind a world class pack at the Roosters? Or? People always call him a finisher, but I, I mean, the, the guy's a footballer. I think he'll excel no matter what position he plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whether it's a fullback in the centres. He is a pretty special footballer, uh, I think, know. too. Yeah, yeah. Inglis was a centre, a winger, come centre, come five eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, you know, thought they were mad when he when he went went back to fullback. Yeah, but. He would probably play his best footy as a fullback. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's a little bit like Caelan Ponger and how the Knights have tried to make him a 5'8", but in the end, he's more effective from the back. That's right. So, you don't know where he's going to come That would have been that. another club, you know, Latrell would have been uh, nice. You know, we still could have it, I doubt it. I think the Sign with is, the Knights? Yeah. Is that what you Oh, wow. But, Oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not sure the Knights have the cash to do that. No, nah, maybe. Well, I suppose he's got family in Tyree, hasn't he, Luchel? So he well, knows, yeah, there was, there was rumours. the North Coast. There so. was rumours about the Cowboys. That was pretty hot there for a bit, but mm. that makes absolutely zero sense to go to the Well, team. they got your old mate from the Sharks, Valentine Holmes, right? Yeah. Coming back from the NFL. This is correct. I mean, geez. Well, he's coming back from practising NFL, isn't he? Couldn't say that one coming. That was... Um, oh, well, that was... That was always going to happen. It's going to... I don't really understand. Is was it a little bit like a gap year for Valentine Holmes in the sense of he and his wife just wanted to live in a different country for a while because he didn't really. Uh, so what I'm saying here is he was a pretty unrealistic shot to make the NFL in the first place. Yeah. And so, so he either was a bit deluded in thinking that he would get there quite easily in his first year. And so then, when he's realised that, he's decided to come back to the NRL. Or, he was really just over there just to have a year on, and do something fun. Yeah. My my personal take is, I think he saw the writing on the wall with the Sharks. Yeah. Um, he'd achieved all that you can achieve in a very short time there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think always in the back of his mind, going back to play with the Cowboys is something he wanted to do. Yeah. And to accelerate that. Yeah. Um, break in or asking for a release to go and chase his NFL 
um, and I'm going to put here air quotes dream yeah uh, and that's what I question whether that. it's a real dream because if it's a real dream you put more into it right I mean it was a win-win situation for him because he got I mean A he goes over and, and has a pretty good three to four you know six month however long he was there yeah Stinton you know one of the coolest cities in the world he gets a taste of professional uh, you know NFL football which you know, that's true not many people get to do that yeah um, if he did happen to make it yeah. Um, you know, then that's an exciting sort of career he can he can do for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you know, I suppose in the, the backup plan is he, he comes back to earning you know an infinite amount more money that he was on in, on a practice squad yeah. for a club in his hometown gets to play alongside his brother-in-law. Yep. So fair enough. Yeah, um, but you know, like I hold no grudges against him. He he, he did what he did for the Sharks, and uh, yep. it was all good and. It's, it's probably, you know, um, it's good to have players like that, of that, that character back in the comp. Yep, absolutely. Probably what we need. Yeah, well, it's good to have the star. He's one of the stars of the game, so it's always good. Now, 2019, it's coming to a close. Yep. I want to know, Streety, a couple of things. Hit me. Don't don't actually hit me. Just don't, just, yeah, well, it's a, yeah well, it's not Josh Reynolds' name. Figuratively so, speaking. Yeah, so... Um, my medication will shut up the bruises. Your medication will shut up the bruises quite easily. For good reason. Now, I want to know a couple of things. What are your highlights of 2019 in a sporting sense? What are your lowlights of 2019? And are there a couple of controversies that you remember about 2019 in particular? Because <laughs> there's been a few, as there always is. Controversies. Controversies. Uh, Why don't we start with the good stuff, the controversies? Well, let's just dive right into the six again debacle. In the NRL Grand Final, so grand obviously, was that, it, who that, was the referee? Who was that again? Uh, Surprisingly enough. Two clowns. Two clowns. Um, they probably don't deserve to be named on this episode. No. Simply for the fact that I can't remember Can't remember them. Ben yeah, Cummins, yeah. Bernie Sutton, was that then? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jared maybe. Yeah, no, well, it's one of the Suttons probably. Um, so, what you've got here is calling six again as the Raiders were attacking the Roosters line and then reneging on the call. Yep. and making the Raiders hand the ball over. Did Only to see the Roosters scream down the field and score the game-sealing try on the next play. Yep. Did mm. you see the Canberra Raiders social media post put out the 12 Days of Christmas song? Did they? Yeah. And, and then six again. This is quite creative. We'd spoken about this for, I can't, can't remember how long, whether yeah. you know, prior to the prior to this podcast happening, yeah, you know, in uh, in our groups of mates just talking rubbish about sport. That one day, yeah, it'll happen. And we mentioned on the show that you know there'll come a point in time where a referee will blunder a call in the grand final, yeah, and it'll cost us. We did break it down in episode thirty-two or thirty-one, I think. Yeah. So we don't harp on it too much, but that that for me was the biggest one. It was the biggest controversy? Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, only because my interests probably lie. Yeah, you know, uh, pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, highlights. I mean, obviously, um, you know, heading over to yep. watch some uh, basketball in the states. Yep. Was pretty good. Well, we'll you know. Um, well, that. we don't have to touch on that later. Why don't we touch on it now? Why don't you tell us? You dying to tell us? Why don't you tell <laughs> us about your trip to the United States recently and where you went and what you saw? All right. Well. So this was a. So to set the scene, this was a little bit of a 40th gift to yourself, wasn't it? That's correct. You wanted to go back to the States for a while. Yep. You got some mates who live there, and, and you obviously wanted to go and see some NBA games. Yep. How many NBA games had you seen prior to your trip? I think 
Eight or nine. Yep, okay. In, in separate trips or all? Uh, separate trips. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, this trip had been mooted for two years. Yep. So the, uh, right. the, the plan was hatched in 2017. And um, a bunch of, you know, gentlemen were all, oh, yes, yeah, sounds awesome. Let's the do it. The boys. Yeah, the boys. Oh, this will be sick, do you know? Yep. Um, you oh, know, right. So the idea was to do it in 2018, not yeah, 2019. Okay. And a yep. few guys were, oh, well, you know, I've got to get, got to plan a bit more. Okay, fair enough. Let's do it. 2019. Yep. yep. Come back out. Two years, no excuse. Yep. Yep. Everyone backed out, right? Everyone's like a bullet. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the best boys trip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, the hangover part five. Yep. You know, just you know, blah blah blah. I think I was out early though. I think I was one of the naysayers from early, but yep. But anyway. As it happened, yep. uh, there was uh, Mitch, who has been on our show before. Yep. Oh, Mitchie. He's our uh, NBA expert panel. He loves the NBA. He yep. loves it. So he, he went. His brother, who is very well versed in the NBA world. Big Wave Dave. Big Wave Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an am- analytics man and a big fan of the Houston Rockets. Yep. So, so that translates to... He was good. One um, of, a nerd accountant yep. and a bit of a poor judge of yep. yep. Two other characters on the trip were um, one of Mitch's ex-workmates and fellow sporting uh, you know, um, aficionado. We'll refer to him as Jenks. Jenks? Yep. Don't know him, but sounds like a good fella. And then uh, my cousin-in-law, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I this bloke. Iceman Israel. <coughs> One of the more controversial figures on social media. That's right. He is... Uh, when you talk about, you know, how there's a lot of people who have a philosophy that they don't read comments on social media and refuse to reply, Jason Israel doesn't have that policy. <laughs> he thrives as a, as a social media commentator. Yes. And, and, and I mean that in the sense of he'll just go into the comment section and unload the yeah. most inappropriate rants, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Directed at the most inappropriate people. Yep. So and that kind of makes it all right. Yeah, that, at the most inappropriate times. So yep. he's a big fan of the Kardashians, Jace Israel. He's yeah. a big fan of social media, I mean, um, reality TV stars. Yeah. He really loves what they've contributed to society. Yeah. Um, and he's a big fan of politics across the world as well, he Jace. Is. But he's well educated. As a key interest in sports, is a big Parramatta fan. Actually applied, for the, Parramatta, really. applied for the Parramatta's CEO job. He did. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't get through the first round. It was quite devastated to not get an interview, apparently. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. He probably, for all he's been through for the Eels, he probably did deserve at least an interview. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. how that would have gone. He's got a short, shortest temporary So, video. the original plan for this trip that we uh, came up with this concept was that we were, most of us were going to head over, or whoever ended up going um, originally, we wanted to base ourselves on the East Coast yeah. um, and visit our mate Liam Simmons, who yeah. would have been living in Philadelphia at the time. And you heard Liam, Liam back in one of the Spitfiles early editions where yep. we spoke to him from the States when he was coaching in the NCAA. Yep. Yep. So the plan was to go uh, base ourselves around the you know New York, Philadelphia sort of area. Mm. They're relatively close to each other. Yep. And... Uh, Catch as many Sixer games as possible yep. uh, to watch uh, Newcastle lad Ben, who's Liam's younger brother, play. That's right. Knows who Ben Simmons is. Yeah. Um, that was still the plan for uh, th- this time around. The only thing is um, we had booked the trip and our basic skeleton structure of the plan 
before the NBA schedule was released. Because it's pretty hard not to do that because the NBA schedule is only released, well, it's not just before the season starts, but it doesn't allow you to book international flights and stuff if you want to go early in the season, does it? Like, not necessarily. You kind of have to be a little bit organised if you're coming from overseas. Mm, As yeah. it turned out, what, so we had <coughs> our airfares you know, around February yep. uh, this year. NFL schedule gets released. Oh, great, there's a game on well, Monday the 4th of November. Yep. You know, we'll buy some NFL tickets. Monday yep. Night Football, Dallas yep. Cowboys, New York Giants. Sweet. That was, yep. you know, we had that, those tickets for ages. Yep. NBA schedule gets released. Cool, we're going to go see some Sixers games. Mm. Bum, bum. None. Sixers are on a West Coast road trip to start the season. <laughs> <coughs> so we rock so up. you fight arrangements and everything else were screwed we up. We had plans for a 10, 11 day trip. Yeah, we're yeah. going to spend about seven days on the East Coast and just finish off with a couple of days on the West Coast before we come home. Yep. Didn't happen that way at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, in fact, we went nowhere near Philadelphia. Yeah. We're actually only on the East Coast for 36 hours before we headed west. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up basically bailing on the East Coast altogether. Pretty much. You landed in New York. So let me tell you, so you, so you landed in New York about 4.30 on the Sunday Yeah, okay. Afternoon. So in in total, I went to four games. Yeah. Uh, Dave and Mitch um, and Jex, uh, well not, Jex stayed for a bit longer. So he actually went to about eight games or nine okay. games actually. So so you were only, so very quickly summarised, you were, you were in the States for about 10 days or so, was it? Yeah, was nine, it? And a, nine days pretty Nine much. days, okay. Well, yeah. It was actually a bit longer than that, but I'll, the, at the end of this sort of segment, uh, I'll explain yeah, okay. what happened. Yep. Um, so the plan was um, four games tickets booked, pre-purchased yep. through the secondary market sites, um, and those were uh, Brooklyn Nets and Pelicans at Brooklyn, yep. and then uh, we had tickets to see the Blazers and the Clippers at the Staples Centre in LA. The following night, we had tickets for Lakers and Heat yep. at Staples Centre, and then a uh, couple of days later um, up in San Francisco for the Warriors and the Jazz. Yeah. Good teams, good players. Yeah. Premium tickets. You were happy with that. We were happy with that when, when we booked. Yeah, sure. Uh, I land on the day of the New York Marathon. Yep. So it's a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And Some of the boys were already in town, weren't they? They're already there, yep. Yeah. Uh, they got in a day before, a couple of days before I did. Yep. Yeah. Um, now... I flew in at 4.30 and checking the schedule. The Knicks generally play Sunday night games with a 7.30 tip-off. Yeah. But for some reason, this game was tipping off at 6.30. Right. <coughs> I knew this, of course. So I'm thinking, righto, you guys buy your tickets. I'm just going to have to wing this. If I get in on time, yeah. which I did, I can jump in a cab and I'll have my luggage mm-hmm. and... From what I have been reading, I'll be able to you know, stow my uh, suitcase somewhere yeah. and go to the Madison Square Garden because you can't take a, yeah. a suitcase in. Yep. Um, Probably fair enough. Anyway, the plane dicks around on the on the runway for about half an hour. You know, get the bag at five. I've got an hour to tip off. Yep. It's about it's a fifty five dollar cab ride into things about 48, 50 minutes. Yep. I can make this. Yep. Message the boys. Yep. We're going. Um, on my. Some planes have Wi-Fi over there, some don't. Yeah, yeah. I had used my Facebook Messenger to message the guys to say, get me a ticket, Yep. I'll be there. Okay. Um, and then um, then I took off, yep. four or five hours later, land. Yep. They didn't get the message. Right. So they bought their tickets 
didn't get me a ticket. Oh no. So I'm, you know, finally get a message when I when I kept my luggage at JFK. Yeah. All right, sweet. I've been in my uh, flying clothes for like, you know, how, how long? Twenty odd sure. hours. Yeah. So I changed yeah. in the dunnies. Yeah. Got ready to go out. Uh, get a message. Oh, we didn't get your ticket. Oh shit. <laughs> All right. <coughs> so I have to get on to um, Ticketmaster. Yeah. You know, Ticketmaster US. Why don't you just and, walk up to the gate and buy one? Uh, well, you couldn't. Yeah, you can. Well, you know, it's a long way to go. With, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the Knicks versus the Kings, two shitty teams. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's the Knicks at the moment. There's going to be plenty of tickets. Jump in a cab. They reckon it's a fixed fare, 55 bucks from the airport. To in, downtown. To downtown. I tried yeah. to try to work a deal. Didn't work. Yep, no. I think that's regulated. <laughs> I think that's the law. It is? Yep. Yep, that's to protect the cabbies and to protect... Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm riding this cab and then we get stuck in Sunday afternoon traffic. Okay. And I'm like... Because oh, it's shit. Marathon Sunday. It is. Yep. And then, um, you know, we're on the road and it's like 5.40 and it's uh, 20 minutes to tip off and, and I'm trying to buy a ticket. Yeah. And I couldn't buy the ticket uh, because the accounts from Ticketmaster are different for right. Australia and the US. Of course, Even though yep. it's the same login and password. Yep, so, but you're not allowed to buy from your US account. And yep. then for some reason, I can't receive the password reset emails. Right. Anyway, I'm in the cab and I'm just thinking, you know what? I'm not going to make it. I still have to find somewhere to put my friggin' suitcase. Yep. Anyway, so talking to the cabbie, and I said, listen, mate, I'm not going to go to the MSG. Yep. Take me to Brooklyn, where I'm staying. Yeah, okay. And yep. he starts blowing up. Oh, he starts getting the chizzies, though. No, he... He's blowing up the lights. He goes, well, I won't get my money. I won't get paid. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah. I'm still paying you. Like, I'm still sitting in the backseat of your cab. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, but, you know, like... I'm like, you know, I booked this in and then I can't get back to the airport. I was, I was in, in the front of the line and blah, blah, uh, blah. Yeah. I'm saying, but you're still getting paid for this fare. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what you're... What are you talking about? What your beef is. Yeah. Anyway, he was filthy. Right. And, uh, you know, and I, I explained the situation. Look, I'm trying to get a ticket. Couldn't get a ticket. And he, yeah. you know, more or less, was like, eh, he was, you know... He didn't care. Swearing at me in whatever language you're speaking. Yeah. And then I said, so what country did you come from originally? Mm. Because, you know, no, no cabbies are generally, you know, you're hard-working, sure. you know, yeah. New Yorker. And he said, Pakistan. Mm. <coughs> and I said, well, do you like cricket? And he goes, I love cricket. Yeah. So then I just rattled off all the Pakistani cricketers from the 80s and 90s that I knew. Yeah. And then by the end of the, the cab trip, he dropped me to Brooklyn and we are best friends. <laughs> You've been reading on the plane how to win friends and influence people, have you? Absolutely. Yeah, nice one. Well, um, as well it turned done. out, that basketball game the boys went to, yeah. the Knicks were down by 30 at like half time. Sure. And all the crowd were booing the players. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't a very pleasurable game to be at. wasn't a great experience. Game to be at. And let me ask, what time did you get to your hotel in Brooklyn? Well, we had an Airbnb, okay. so uh, I found that it was like... 7 o'clock or 7.30 or whatever it was. Okay. Oh, yeah. not even that, about 7. No, 6.30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, met up with Jason. Yeah. He, he was in the apartment. Okay. Dumped the uh, suitcase in the bedroom. Yep. Walked straight to a pub. A pub yep, nice. Started getting on the beers. Nice. Right, so there you go. Well, you better give us a little bit of a brief rundown of the rest of your trip. Yeah. It's not a slideshow, but we want to know. Well, what, so, right. what was the day, other game you so had going? So, the way we had our trip structured... Uh, we had one full day in New York City. Yep. So generally, New York City, you can't do everything in a day. Yep. Uh, but for all of us, we had all been there at least twice before. Sure. Uh, I think it was my third visit or fourth visit to New York. Yep. Um, so we just had the day, um, jumped on the subways. Uh, first uh, thing we did, we went out to Ruck Park. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the world famous outdoor basketball court. I do, is, yeah. uh, the Holy Grail of street ball. Yeah, the Mecca as it's known. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we get there, we're like, it's pretty quiet around here. Yeah. Walking in the streets of, you know, the Bronx and, yeah. and uh, you know. No one's up early in the hood. No, not really. Uh, but we're there at like 10 a.m. Yeah, okay. Um, no one's here up Here it is, we found it. Yep. This beautiful court, no one's yeah. there. Yeah, right. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Let's go try find a basketball. Yep. Couldn't find a basketball anywhere. Couldn't get one. Went to the shops. Do you sell basketball? Looking at us like, you know, like, what well, you talking I about? Sell a basketball. You're talking about white boy? Yep. And, uh, and anyway, so we, um, there's these coppers in, mm. in, their, in their van, like typical NYPD. Oh, yeah. Two, uh, two female cops and said, oh, how you going? You know, we're here from, you know, we're a tourist, obviously. And she goes, you don't say. <laughs> oh, Can't really tell. Mean? I said, oh, do we stand like a sore thumb? And she goes, and then some. Yeah. I said, well, we just want to buy, a, uh, find a basketball so we can just get some shots up on Rocket Park. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. no one's here and, you know, yeah. have a carpe diem moment and seize the day. But, yeah, yeah. you know, she goes, oh, I'll try the 99 cent shop. I'm like, what kind of ball are we going to find for 99 cents? Yeah. Those, those <laughs> shitty servo balls. Yeah, 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 the real bouncy ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, alas, we couldn't find a basketball anywhere no, around the world's so most you, famous basketball outdoor court. So you found Rucker Park, but no basketball. Yeah, so all we tried to, I mean, I'm, I'm <clears throat> not going to attempt a rim tap anymore. Yep. Uh, Mitch quite, you know, comfortably tapped the rim. Nice. I just took photos of it. Yep. Uh, and then we jumped back on the subway back into town. Yep. Walked around Manhattan, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Made a visit to the NBA store. Lovely. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yep. Multi-level sort of retail store. Yep. Heaps of different stuff. Yep. Um, one of our good mates, Gilesy, loves Aaron Bangers Baines. Yep. Um, I told him if I saw an Aaron Baines jersey, I would buy it for him. Did you see one? No, I was hoping I did not. Mm, I no, you don't yeah, want to jersey is 130 bucks over there. 130 US? Yeah. That's about $200 it's Australian. It's horrendously expensive for a jersey. That's ridiculous. You can buy them cheaper in Rebel Sports up at Katara. You can buy them on eBay, the same things for 30 bucks. Ah, fakies. the fakies, yeah, right. Yeah, they that's, look good. Well, they're not the same things, they're obviously fake. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so, yeah, we had uh, New York. Mm. So that night was the game we were supposed to go to the NFL game, mm-hmm. but we barred that. We okay. ended up selling the tickets. Yep. And we had tickets to the Brooklyn Nets and the. Pelicans. Ah. So this is the game where, no we're going to see, where we're going to see Zion. We were pumped to see Zion Williamson mm-hmm. have his first game in New York. And you got to see Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, Lonzo. Um, well, what's his name? Yeah, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 did, he hurt his foot and didn't play. Yeah. Uh, he played like, you know, five minutes. And right, okay. Yep. So he, he, he stunk. Uh, the game itself actually wasn't too bad. Um, but you see, he said that Brandon Ingram. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the game he had a career high forty okay. points. Yeah, right. And he looked every bit of an all star. Like no, no one was stopping. Yeah, right. Yeah, they they still lost. Yep. And the Nets won that, but Kyrie Irving had a vintage Kyrie performance with yep. forty. Now this is where the story gets interesting. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> interesting for me, but maybe not for other people. Yep. For any basketball card collectors from somewhere in the, the mid nineties and onwards. Yep. Yeah. Um, you may be familiar with the Upper Deck, uh, NBA Hoops, Fleer, Tops, all yep. those card brands. Like just basketball cards. Basketball cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on those cards, probably 75 to 80% of all the photos on those cards were by, <coughs> pardon me, an NBA photographer called Nathaniel S. Butler. Okay, yeah. So if you still have some cards later on, look at the back and find the photo credit. Yeah. Good chances are you'll find his name credited. Right. When Team USA were out in Australia, pre-World Cup, mm-hmm. 
I saw he was out here. Yeah. And I follow him on Instagram. Okay. And he's got a pretty impressive account. A lot, yeah. of, lot lots of access to players. Okay. You know, a, yeah. lot, a lot of media stuff for the NBA. Sure. I sent a message thinking, what are the chances? He, while he was here in Australia? Yeah, he replied yeah. when he was here. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, long-time fan. Love your work, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Collect the basketball cards as a kid. Yeah. And he... Um, so yeah, if you can meet up. Did you up, tell him you're a professional photographer? Yes, as well? I did. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, come meet up. Love to meet you. Yeah, Didn't nice. happen because, you know, we, we couldn't get down to courtside for that game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Walking through New York, um, you know, and then I think, oh shit, I might try this guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Send him a message. Ten minutes later. Yeah. Replies back. Oh wow. All right. You wouldn't believe it. Crazy. I'm actually in New York City at the moment. Yeah. Going to this game tonight in Brooklyn. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? He goes, Yeah, I'll be there. Baseline. Yeah. Nice. Come, come say good day. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, Well, you know, unlike last time, what are the chances? I don't even know where we're sitting. No, no, absolutely. We ended up with really good seats at the Nets game. Yep. Uh, and probably a 15, 20 meter walk down some seats to almost courtside. Yeah. Wow. So he goes. Come see me, like, you know. Yeah. Come, come give me a wave. Yeah, yeah. If there's any security there, I'll, you know, I'll tell, help tell you. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Half time, I said to the boys, right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Made a beeline, walked down there like a boss. Yeah. Standing like courtside. Yeah. Hand up, hey, Nat. He goes, hey, man, how you going? Yeah, nice. Like, oh, hey. Yeah, beauty. So he comes over. We end up having a chat. You into his DMs and you got in. yourself a date. So when I, the other day, when I was talking, like last episode, when I was talking about sliding into DMs, and yeah, you laugh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That shit actually works. pays yeah. off. It pays yeah, off. Nice. So, yeah. it's a good story. It is. Um, talk to Nat, you know, talking, yeah. chewing the fat about, you know, yeah. basketball. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Taking yeah. cameras and photos and, you know, and uh, ask me about my trip and, you know. Cuba Gooding Jr. stands up next to me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. He's just getting photos. So yeah. Some ladies taking photos. Yeah. It was only a few days after that the news story broke about Cuba, uh, you know, um, living a um, voracious lifestyle with the ladies. And, ah. Uh, so that, that I was didn't hear about that story. Yeah. Well, a few days later, the story broke. Well, probably within a week of that game. Yeah, right. Was, okay. An article came out about it. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, so I was like, Cuba. Yeah. You know, there's a photo that I posted of that. Yeah. Very somewhere. nice. And then uh, uh, next thing, Stephen Jackson, former NBA ah, player, yeah, yeah. You know, NBA champion with the Spurs. Sure, a, yeah. You know, TV personality now. Yeah. Gets out of his chair, people are cheering, walks past, gives a bit of a nod to Nat. Yeah, nice. I just go, hey, Steve, how are you, mate? <laughs> and what did he say? Puts his knuckles out. Nice. He knuckles me up. What's up, brother? Ah, oh, nice. I'm faking it till I'm making it. Yeah, absolutely. Just anyway, while you're there. So Matt Barnes, another yeah. former NBA player, yeah, tough yeah, guy. Won, yeah. you know, won championships with the Lakers and the Warriors. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, was this all while you're on the other side of the road? This is all while I'm courtside. Yeah, okay. Um, he walks past and then, you know, says good day to Nat. I said, yeah. Hey, Matt, how you going, mate? Yeah. Did He's he knuckle like, you up? He did. He's like, nice. hey, brother, what's up? Hey, brother, what's up? Nice. So those guys actually have started a new TV show called The Smoke. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stephen Jackson is well known to, you know, enjoy a puff puff. Yeah, enjoy weed. Matt yeah, I'd say well. Matt Barnes would have a crack in it yep. as well. So yeah. that's the whole premise of their TV show slash podcast where they talk. Right. Basketball and interview guests and stuff Do like you that. think they have told the same story on their podcast? No. No. <laughs> they may not have. It may not quite Definitely cover not. it. It was, yeah. uh, this is totally a one-way street for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so the boys are up there and just shaking their heads. Mm. Um, you know, this guy can talk, talk to his way anywhere. Um, yeah. As it turned out, I almost got us into the players' uh, post-game oh, yeah, right. tunnel. Yeah. So you had to have a band. And I was, yeah. you know, hammering up to the guy. And he almost did. And he's like, oh, you know what, I can't, man. Like, oh, so really? I said, well, 
I don't want you to lose your job over it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, tried, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, what an experience, eh? Yeah, so that was... Uh, and was that your only celebrity sighting of the trip, mate? Or is no, there... no. The next one was um, a bit more random. So we have a night off basketball. Yep. And we jump a flight the next morning mm-hmm. down to Austin in Texas. Okay, yep. And the reason why I went there, I've got a couple of friends that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of a halfway point for the other guys who were heading down to Houston sure. to watch some uh, Rockets game. Yeah. I decided to stay, to not go to that, and stay in Austin for two nights. Yeah. Uh, my good friends Mandy and Jimmy now live there. Yep. They picked us up, uh, went there. If you ever heard of Franklin's Barbecue. Oh, uh, yeah. World famous Franklin's Barbecue. It's yep. like cooking shows and stuff like that. We had that, phenomenal. Yeah, pretty good. Oh. Best barbecue. Yeah, ridiculously good. Yep. Anyway, we go out that night into Austin, which is well known as a live music capital of the world mm-hmm. and a place, you know, to get pretty loose. Yep. And loose we did. That was probably the biggest night we've had in 10 years. Yeah, wow. Just so happened to coincide with the night that Jimmy Fallon was in town. Right. Recording a spot for his... Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show? That's correct. Yep. So, you know, a few whispers in the room, you know, the TV truck's coming. Oh, Jimmy Fallon, he's around, he's around town. He's around, he's around. <coughs> anyway, next minute... We're in a pub, having a drink, and then, you know, oh, everyone, Jimmy's out here, and so yep. went out and had a look, and then he's riding one of these scooters around the street, oh, yeah, yeah. TV yeah. camera following, and then uh, he yeah. just makes a beeline for us, filming it, and, you know, nice. oh, almost great. I'll post these videos now, I think, just yeah, yeah, show everyone, Sounds good. so they get some context. Um, wow. So that was the celebrity sort of uh, encounters, yeah. Um, so, you know, two nights in a row, yeah. feel like four, and, was good. And you said that you'd originally planned to go to four games? Yeah, so that was... So, the, so you saw Brooklyn Pelicans in Brooklyn? Yep, skipped a flight to Texas, had a couple of nights yep. off, yep. then flew over to LA, Yep. and then we had rented a, uh, we got an Airbnb in a penthouse, Lovely. downtown LA, quite the quite the views, 500 metres from Staples Centre, good city mm-hmm. roof, yep. and then uh, got there on Thursday, went and saw the Clippers and the Blazers. Yep. Good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, in terms of what... Four guys on the court at the same time <coughs> who can get a basket whenever they want yep. was was really something special to yeah, watch. Right. Those yeah. four guys were uh, Kawhi Leonard, yep. Lou Williams, yep. Clippers, and then on the Blazers side we had McCollum and Lillard. All had all had good games. Yep. Okay. And it was just effortless in yeah. the way that these these guys. So these guys were just totally way over and above everybody else. Well, I mean, the skill level is pretty good across the board, but yeah. certain guys just stand out and are able to do things and just make it look easy. Like, yeah. it, it always impresses me that guys at that level yeah. can can make playing in NBA games seem really, really easy. Yeah, so absolutely. It must be pretty damn good for that to happen. Yeah. Um, that was good. Next night, the main the main event, um, we saw LeBron take mm-hmm. on the Miami Heat yeah. and put in a bit of a masterclass. Yeah. LeBron being LeBron, hit a big game, shot towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so that was great, um, and that was I've been wanting to see a LeBron game for quite some time. Yeah, uh, we had uh, really good seats. Um, you know, we were higher than where we were the previous games. But was LeBron in person as good as what he expected him to be? I tell you what, the experience from watching him play in a live arena, mm-hmm. where you could see the full court at sure. the whole time. Uh, probably what what you don't really appreciate is his ability to pick. Pick guys out mm. um, and hit him with a pass. Yeah. Um, 
spot on every time. Yeah, right. He's, he's almost like, you know, I'm sure people have heard the term, he's a bit like a conductor of a choir. Sure, yeah. he, he can sort of see everything that's happening and then yeah. he'll just hit guys, you know, and they're, they're passes that, that, that lead into plays. Yeah, sure. So stuff that isn't... And it may not be recorded on the stat sheet as an assist or it may not be... Well, that's right. And, and stuff seen that, as the leading play, but you, as a person who's played the game for a long time... Yeah would understand that that contributed fairly significantly to the end result. Yeah, and often in a telecast you might have, you know, a <coughs> pop-up of a screen or a voiceover mm. or something that, that detracts from those sure. sort of parts, but uh, yeah. to not see, not to have that yeah. and have an in-game experience, just to see the way he has an influence and, and control of the game was uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Um, They're playing pretty well at the moment, the Lakers, aren't they? Yes, they are, mm. exceeding expectations. Mm. Um, and in the last game, uh, we had a few days in between, so Jason and I hired a car and drove the California Coast Road. Yep. Uh, didn't see any sport during those two and a half, three days, but uh, ended up in San Francisco. Lovely. And went to the brand new Chase Center. Ah, lovely. Um, to see the Golden State Warriors. Now, at the time, that was a great ticket to have, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, not at the time that you got there. Before that you got there, it, was a, it would have been a good Before we got there, it was a good time, but... Steph Curry broke his hand. Clay yeah. Thompson was already injured. Yeah. Kevin Durant left. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green. He the played. The team went to shit basically. They went to the shit. And they are shit. It's yeah. Like a, they're horrible, right? So Jekyll and Hyde. They've got good. And they're horrible. They're the worst in the league now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's only for a year. Yeah. Sure. They'll, they'll bounce back. But they're just going to do a San Antonio Spurs tank for pick number one and hopefully <coughs> choose Lamelo Ball. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean the arena itself, brand new. Yeah. Um, um, unbelievable. It's um, nice place. Oh, it's everything is just on point. Really, better than they say the Staples Center. Oh, oh, way better. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was just uh, really well planned and thought out. They had um, outdoor amphitheaters, oh, yeah. massive screen. So if you if you if you can't go you don't to the have game, a ticket. Yeah. You don't have a ticket. You just go sit on the lawns. You wow. sit in the amphitheater, watch the big screens. Yeah. The retail shop's awesome. Um, Where is it in San Francisco? Is just it? on the on the floor, on the water. Wow, really? Yeah, just near the baseball candlestick park. Oh, nice. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so location's mm. really good. And it's, yeah, it's okay. worth an absolute monster. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll be down there. The basketball product isn't that good from the Warriors at the moment. They did play the Utah Jazz, which has Jingle and Joe Ingles, yeah. our favourite. How'd, how'd you go with Jingle and Joe? He had a, a quiet game-ish. Um, Jingle Bells, um, Joe. Even though the Warriors suck, that this game had a bit, a bit of everything. Like there okay. was, In the first quarter, um, uh, D'Angelo Russell hit four threes in a row. Right. So that, that was kind of cool. Everyone got yeah, into that. Yeah. Um, the second quarter, Mike Conley hit a three-quarter court shot. Right. Um, which you know you go up and see. No. Um, there's some big dunks and you know some good plays. Sure. But probably the best bit as the game got on, a couple of the crowd members got some beers in their guts. Lovely. They started ragging. Jay. Started, no, no, started ragging on their own players. Lovely. So they're boo- booing their own players now. Oh wow. To you know. Um, Everyone, all the all the bandwagons on there, just you know, loving the Warriors. Yeah, it was yeah. just really, really entertaining to see. It was you were quite empowered by the fact that there were no bandwagoners because they were all just hating on, on the Warriors. Yeah, it was kind of like those those rich kids who you know like have have the answers to their their test. Yeah. Um, you know, for years running, and they yeah. all they ace their tests all the time, and they you know taking <laughs> taking life on easy street. Yeah. You know, getting good marks. Yeah. But then the principal changes, the curriculum changes. Ah. And then they. Probably the better analogy for you is it's kind of like a referee who's been getting it wrong for so long, and then suddenly you get to be a referee. Yeah, well, that, that, that could be. <laughs> I don't make mistakes. No, that's right. You wouldn't. <laughs> You'd be all over it. Um, well, so, 
But there was, a, there was only one player who got booed, and that was Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. Why? Because Willie, he's <laughs> Willie. And all the Willie jokes you could imagine. Really? Um, and, you know, free Willie? Free Willie, Screaming yeah. Willie, yeah, yeah. Big Willie. And, his, um, and how did Willie take it, do you reckon? Did he look like he was stable, or was he I'd, mentally I'd been, a bit shaken? I'd have been pretty surprised if he could hear us. We were pretty Yeah, high. okay, right. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the setting's quite steep. Yeah. Okay. So the way they designed it is, yeah, it's uh, not a very sort of big stadium in terms of how far sure. it goes out. It's yeah. just a rather goes up. And the Brooklyn Arena, Barclays is a bit like that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the four games. Right. Wow. Um, it was good. I mean, obviously, it was disappointing to have a few guys injured. Uh, we were with bated breath, um, ex- fully expecting Kawhi Leonard to take that game off against the Blazers okay. because yeah. the night before they played the Milwaukee Bucks right, okay. who had the Greek Freaks so sure. naturally you know big He'd be playing nationally televised yeah, game sure. you would think that uh, yeah. and then uh, my idea was thinking well this is an Eastern Conference Centre playing the Western Conference divisional game holds more weight sure. in, for standings Yeah, I think you'd be more likely to play that game and that's actually what happened which is yeah. surprising yeah. but we were quite thankful because tell you what if you're an NBA fan and this whole thing with load management now, if you go to a game, you pre-book your ticket months and months out. Yeah. You so see you've come all the way from the Come from all the way, and you want to see your favourite players, yeah. but they take a game off to rest when they're yeah. not injured. That would piss you off. Yeah, it would be pretty annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, was that all you saw, or did you hang around for a while? You were, you, didn't you have some delays getting back? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, in that time between LA and San Fran, the Coast Road, you know, I'd recommend anyone to do that. It's, it's quite nice. It is a beautiful place. I've done uh, it a couple of times. We stayed uh, Santa Cruz and mm. um, a place called St. Louis Obispo, yep. which is a college town. It is. Cal Polytech plays there. Yep, they do. That is a, a funky little town on the beach. Big um, shout out to a couple of people that we know. Maddie Allen, who's played there before. Yep. Stuart Allen's daughter. Yep. Yep. Um, and then uh, Christy Baker. Yeah, she played there as also. A while ago. Graham's daughter. Yep. Um, so that was actually, and I actually went there on Christy's husband's recommendation. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and the town is not what I expected it to be. Yeah. It was uh, a lot more, sort of, a uh, bit more upmarket than sure. I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those towns along that Pacific, like the Pacific totally. Coast Highway, are really like, quite upmarket. Like, yeah. It's kind of like the. The coastal versions of Bowral, like you know, yes. like when you go down there and there's Absolutely, a lot of money yeah. down there. And, yeah, know, I mean, like, the further so. north you get towards sort of uh, Monterey and yeah. then you get to the southern parts of San Fran, Absolutely. San Jose, there's really shit tons expensive. Of money. Absolutely. Yeah. Funny story uh, just to the NFL, um, San Francisco 49ers are going pretty well at the moment. Yeah, they are. Uh, they have a new arena built, yeah, a new, new stadium, right. In San Levi Jose. Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's in San Jose. Though. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's an hour away from San Francisco. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> so one of my Uber drivers, I said, where, where did the Niners play? He said, oh, they got, they got a new arena in San, San, San Jose. Jose. I said, yeah. why is that? Uh, San Jose is known as the capital of Silicon Valley. Right. So there's you know a smaller city with more yeah. money. Yeah. So the Niners built their arena there okay. um, because there's more money in that area right, so okay. they can sell more luxury suites luxury suites which yep. attract a bigger price thing and that's where the money is so it was you won't it, earn money on general admission that's the rule in sports 100% and this is yeah. what a guy told me and then um, yeah and not, obviously tickets are pretty unaffordable unaffordable it is yeah absolutely but uh, you know San Francisco 49ers will always have some love outside of San Fran absolutely but a guy was yeah. saying they're definitely less popular people care less because they've moved because they've moved to the yeah absolutely now down the road well Jose. it's a local identity right I mean like any sporting team that 
doesn't have affiliations or connections with its with its hometown uh, is always going to basically struggle for support. Yeah. The NRL learned that when they decided to merge clubs like St George Illawarra, yeah. you know, the West Tigers, like they obviously survived, but you've got obviously the Northern Eagles they were called, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the same as what happened. You're right, what happens here, but just on a large scale yeah. because of the salaries and... That's right. Know. Yeah, it's a bigger scale. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. And, and so... Did you see any more games in your, in your delay of not getting home on time? Um, no, no. Yeah, okay. Um, the, night, the, the night after I left, uh, yeah. the Celtics were in town. Okay. Um, so, but, you know, I had to be back. More. You needed to be back for your birthday party. I needed to be back for birthday party. I yeah. almost didn't make it. You almost didn't make it, mate. You, what did you write back? You write back on the Thursday or something, So, you? yeah, we were in Santa Cruz to get a message from Qantas. We've cancelled your flight. Yeah, right. And that was it. Yeah. That's the message. Oh. We've cancelled your flight. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Bonus. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then uh, 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. um, we're doing what we can to get you on another one. Doing what we can. Oh, <laughs> yes. well, that's kind of you. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And then that, and my travel agent sent me a message saying, oh, looks like you're having a great time. Um, but I don't know if you know, but <laughs> the flight's been cancelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just found out via text. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, another. And who's your, your travel agent? The big shout out to them. Oh, Chris from. Um, Travel managers. Good job, Chris. Chris Van Hoof. Yep, nice job, Chris. And people book a lot of trips online these days. Yeah, Do it themselves. Yeah. But if shit ever hits the fan. Yeah, absolutely. Having a travel agent that's got your back, that's yep. contactable. Yeah. Throughout absolutely. time zones, you can get onto it. Yep. Um, who doesn't work in an office like a flight center office? Sure. Actually, you know, works. Yeah. Yep. Invaluable. In yeah, I agree. Yep, totally yep. invaluable. So that, I mean, but basically, I was on a Qantas flight due to come home. Uh, they rebooked me onto United Airlines, mm-hmm. right? Okay, fair enough. Same night, yep. flight was going to leave three hours later than the original Qantas time. Okay, get there, check in, it's all good, you know. Um, sit on the plane, wait. It's hot in here. <laughs> yeah. This plane's a bit hot. Yeah. The aircon on the rear doesn't work. Oh no. Fifteen minute delay. Yeah. Thirty minute delay. <laughs> Delays get out to four hours. We, we are sitting on the plane. You're sitting on a plane without four, air conditioning. Without air conditioning. Four, four hours. hours later. Oh, wow. By then, a bunch of Aussies who are on the uh, Qantas flight, yeah. we'd all congregate in the middle of the plane, in, yeah. in the bar area. Yeah. We're just like, you know, they wouldn't service alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so have all the, Probably a good idea. Have all the ice and water you want. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's like going, are we going to go? Like, is it too late? And then eventually the captain just goes, yeah, we're not going. <laughs> you, you can get off. Three oh, o'clock in the morning, this was. So everyone just piles back in the terminal at yeah. the San Francisco airport. Three o'clock in the morning. No, there's no staff. Yep, sure. The uh, just wait in line. Uh, we'll, we'll get your flight sorted. Right. Anyway, so this is when I get onto the Facebook Messenger and to Chris, and he's he's getting it all sorted. Yeah. Um, which is great. And then there's other people who have no idea. You know, yeah. have to wait and then get yeah. rebooked. And then and then they go. Um, the airline goes, yeah, there's no hotels that we can book you into. Right. So, um, but if you find anything, just keep a receipt and we'll see if we can, if we can we'll reimburse you. We can reimburse you. Yeah. Uh, lucky for me, the boys um, were leaving the next day. Right. So I had an accommodation to go back to. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, we ended up having meeting some people there who, you know, we had a day in San Fran before yeah. we you know, got on. Anyway, ended up back on a corner flight right. uh, with some help of my travel agent, mate. Yeah. Um, and made it 25 hours Later. Later. Um, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. What that a trip, it. eh? So the moral of the story is go to NBA games. Don't go to games at 6.30pm no. um, when you get in that afternoon. And you, don't redirect the cabbie because it's a negotiated amount. 
unless he's a Pakistani who likes cricket, and, and you can you can talk about you, you, you can swing that conversation the angst yeah. around. And you know what? Yeah. The fair ended up being a dollar more than his fifty five. So Is that right? Fifty six dollars. Wow. So he gave you a good deal. Now, was that trip the highlight of twenty nineteen for you, Streety, or do you have other highlights for us that you want to call out? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, by default, it probably has to be because I was there live. And I yeah. Got yeah. to watch LeBron, and you know, yeah. I love him, and um, you know, so, so that, that was good. Um, it may have been a, a second if, if the Boomers had of uh, you know won that World Cup. That yeah, that would have been nice rather than finishing fourth again. We've half done it lots and lots. Yeah, and, we uh, have. Yeah, that's going to be my low light. So just FYI, we'll cover that now. Yeah. Let's tick that box. That's my low light. The Boomers finishing fourth again. Yeah. Um, what, what about you, mate? What's one of your highlights? Well, highlight-wise, I had a huge year for sport in 2019. I had the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA championship, my beloved Raptors. Well, that was good. It's always good to see the fairy tale come through. Yep. Well, and, you know, like, I very much thank Kawhi Leonard for coming on board and being the difference maker. Totally. Um, but uh, ultimately, you know, that brought the Raptors over the line in terms of their first championship. And I've been there through the Joey Dorsey years and the, you know, like the Vince Carter years. Isn't it funny how Damon Stoddermore how a love for a player can change Jason if he Williams actually or... wins them something? Yep. You know, like LeBron when he left Cleveland first time, yep. hated it. They burned yep. his jersey. They wanted, they, you know, they wished, wished every sort of ill will upon him. Yep. Absolutely. Comes back, wins a championship. Yep. I love it. And yeah, so that, right. that meant he could leave mm. with no hard feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. Leonard, doesn't, he was a six month rental, yep. won it, left. People yep. don't give a shit. No. Nah. Well, there was that guy who wanted to give him the plant, remember? Yes. There was the guy who had a housewarming plant for him. It was a gift for him. So if you saw Kawhi, you were to tell him that that guy had a gift for him. Yeah. You know? So that was a big big plus for me, Shruti. I really enjoyed seeing that. I, I think um, that was, you know, like huge. I, I enjoyed the Boomers World Cup run, like in the sense of they got out of that squad more than I expected them to. Yeah, but I was still disappointed because I felt like it was one of our best opportunities to get a medal in a men's basketball. Oh, not one of. I think that was that's easily the best year. If we're gonna win a goal, that was it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because I agree. it was the the, yeah. the 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 stars and the planets aligned. Everything just happened, and yeah, we just it just didn't happen. And you know, there's many many reasons that you could pinpoint as to Planning. why you can you can pass blame on you know a few different factors. Mm. You know, we we both have our sort of uh, you know. Ideas. We got our theories and we've gone through those. We'll probably go through those closer to the Olympics. Yeah. Next year. Um, but yeah. as it turned out, you know, the, the Boomers sort of realised that uh, you know, they came to the end of the road with that particular structure and uh, yep. they, they listened to us and um, yep. they employed a, a coach with NBA experience yep. who happens to be Ben Simmons' coach. Yeah, I think there's a coincidence there. I would suggest that maybe they're just trying to give themselves the best chance to get Ben to play. So Exactly. Um, but so. also, having a coach that... Um, can get the respect from NBA players. Yeah, I, well, I think it was quite clear at the end of at the end of the World Cup campaign that basically if the if the Boomers were going to get the guys that they needed to play to get them over the line, then they needed to make a coaching change. They yeah, needed right. to they needed to change the old guard of coaches that were consistently trying to make players try out for spots. And um, unfortunately, it doesn't fit well with the Australian culture, but because we think that NBA players are entitled. Um, but making the NBA and earning a contract and consistently performing on the floor of an NBA court um, is enough of a tryout. Yeah. I, I think, I think to be honest, like coming in for a four-day camp 
and not playing hard when you've stepped off a plane just after your season um, is probably understandable. Yeah. And I think you have to manage the, the demands of a, of, of a professional athlete rather than managing the, de- the demands of a, a player who plays in, an, in the NBL that has 34 games, plays maybe twice a week, if that, yeah. and then has had two or three months to rest before they come in for the four-day camp. Like, yeah. You know, they're obviously going to be playing at a slightly different intensity level, and I just don't really feel like it's a great idea to cut your nose off to spite your face. But anyway, those we're delving too much into the theories. My biggest highlight of 2019, Streety, I haven't mentioned it yet, Eliad Kipchoge running a sub-two-hour marathon. Yes. Now, what now that'll be controversial, that comment. Yes. Because because it was a manufactured and staged event, not a, not a competitive event. But I'm a runner, and, and, and I've run marathons, and, and I understand the magnitude of this, the two-hour marathon mark being broken and what it will mean for the sport of distance running. Yeah. It is. It, it's, you know... Because it's easy, you say it's like the four minute mile. It, this him breaking that two minute, two hour barrier, sorry, will drive people to fantastic achievements and feats of greatness. And I, I was was ecstatic to witness it. So to do it clean in a proper competitive. Yes. Um, and I'm not saying that he, he he didn't do it clean. I mean, there was some controversy about the shoes that he wore and yep. whether they actually. Sure. Assisted in his performance. Absolutely, they would. Um, but under race conditions, mm. is that actually achievable? Yes, it is. Kipchoge is not a guy. So, so he achieved the two-hour marathon in fully staged conditions with a very heavily weighted, um, like a course. They manufactured the course. They picked it because of the time zone as to how close it was to his training ground in Kenya. Um, they actually re-leveled it basically so that he could continue to run laps on what is basically a flat track um, and the pace team were hand-picked and would come in like a military operation and you would not get any of those circumstances in a race event but is it possible to run sub two hours in a in a race it is and it will happen um, but it, I'm not sure when it will happen um, because a lot of things will have to go right just the same way all the things that went right for Elliot in the day, most of which were manufactured and controlled. Um, so, so how big is the asterisk on this? Oh, it's, that's an interesting question, and, and people will have differing theories. My personal opinion on it is that um, it's not that big of an asterisk when you consider that you're not talking about a guy who had a PB of two hours and five minutes. You're talking about a guy who had a PB of about two hours, one minute, and ten seconds. Okay, so he wasn't far like, off. He's the world's greatest runner anyway. Yeah, and and he wasn't, and that was in a that was in the Berlin Marathon, I think. Like, um, yeah, Berlin Marathon would have been where he set that time, and so he's the current world record holder anyway, and that world record was pretty close to two hours, and in a race event, things can go wrong, right? You might be. You might get checked as a runner when you're trying to get to your um, when you're trying to get to your aid station to get your water. Whereas Kipchoge had it handed to him on a fishing pole, basically by a guy on a bike, right? So, and so he didn't have to break his line. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much, I mean, when you say manufactured, because 
Manufactured. When, when, when you tell me that, when I think it's manufactured, sure. I, I think it's not real. Yeah, you know sure. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what I would probably, you know, maybe another way of looking at it is, um, I just forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. Um, well, let me tell you what. I, let me clarify while you get your thoughts. Let me clarify what I mean by manufactured. I probably mean it was an event produced for TV just as much as it was produced for the athletic achievement. Yeah. But so by by saying that, um, they. You know, they did things to help him out that he would never, you'd never be allowed to do in a normal race event. So the pace runners that were in front of him, and, and a lot of the world world major marathons have pace runs. So people complaining about the fact that he had pace runners, that's a pointless complaint because all of the world majors have pace runners that run in front of um, the elites. And, and Why? In, well, for two reasons. One, so that people break world records at their event, right? Because... The, the organisers want to see world records go down at their event, so then it becomes a popular event, yeah. um, firstly. And the second reason is because it, it basically makes for a greater co- level of competition. It draws greater performances out of athletes. Yeah. So it means that there are better battles at the end of those races. A pace runner... So what can happen in a... Say it's a, just a straight-up... Say you had the top 10 guys go out and run the New York Marathon course... On there, like just together, just to see who won, just a ten-man battle. Yep. What would most likely happen is that um, one or two of them that were having a good day would work together and draw away from the group, and then have a one or two-man hit out to the end, right? Yep. Because they would drop the rest of the guys, and they'd be kind of swapping in front of each other, yep. getting the wind resistance if they're working together, um, and they would drag each other along, basically. Kind right? of the, kind of the same as. Your Peloton theory in exactly. the Austrian theory, so how, yep. how Peloton operates <coughs> in the Tour de France. That's exactly right. Now, um, what can happen is if when you have pace runners, so guys that are paid specifically to go out and run the first 21Ks in under an hour, for example, right, so that it drags people out fast, um, it allows the, the rest of the guys to kind of just sit back in a bit of a rhythm for the first hour and just basically know that no one's really going to get away from them. Yep. No one's really going to try and blow a pace runner out of the water yep. um, because you think, Jesus, if I get in front of him, I might blow up. You know. Yeah. So everyone kind of stays back, and you often see better finishes in a race because yep. of the fact that you've got pace runners. So they've been around in competitive marathons for a long time, um, and, and that's just part of the sport now. So you can't really complain about that. But there were, but the pace runners in Kipchoge's sub two hour attempt um, had the value of a car that was in front of them that beamed laser indicators onto the ground to indicate to them where they should run, oh, so right. where their feet should be, and what pace they needed to keep. Right, so the line that went across in front of them. If they didn't stay on that line, that meant they had dropped off the pace they needed to keep for Kipchoge to hit his mark. Right, so, so they were getting constant feedback on whether they were running fast enough. Yeah. And the pace runners were swapping in and out every ten minutes, uh, every ten kilometers anyway. Yeah, right? right. So, so or maybe every five. How many ten uh, k PBs did these pace runners set? Did they were that? Oh. Were they were they quietly recording that on their Strava on their yeah, watch? Absolutely. Well, that, see, the pace runners weren't just you know Kipchoge's mates. No, they Even though Kipchoge's mates are pretty good runners. Yeah. yeah. Um, they assembled a collection of the best runners from across the world, yeah. right? So these guys were 10-kilometer world record holders, you know, like, um, you know, at track athletes that, you know, uh, will be at the Olympics in Tokyo, 
you know, guys that are well known in the running community, yeah. but maybe not known to the naked eye, right? So, um, so it was a uh, look manufactured in the sense of the company that sponsored it. So Nike put a put a competition on, or tried to to get Kipchoge to do it at a German racetrack couple of probably maybe six or eight months earlier yeah um and then a, an actual chemical company is that in, Nuremberg yeah so that was oh was it Nuremberg yeah what yeah, I did a car racing or something like yeah that. so um and he fell about a minute short or so I think or maybe 30 seconds short he might have got two hours 25 or something from memory but this particular attempt where he actually did break it was sponsored by a chemical company who has a CEO that it was just a, an endurance athlete enthusiast Yep. and he just wanted to be involved. Yeah. Um, but he needed to get a return on his investment, so he sold all the rights to the TV crews, yeah. basically, and what they demanded was pretty solid inside access, you know? So, mm. um, so look, in the end, it was it was a produced event, you know? Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It wasn't in race conditions, I guess. So it means that Kip Chogi may not be the person that breaks two hours in a competition marathon, but it proves that it can be done. It just proves that physically, if, well, you, if everything goes well, then you can do it. I don't know it. if I agree with it. It, it. it proves that it can be done if it's manufactured, if, if all the chips are laid out. Sure. But Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I, it, it's, yeah. I, to, I don't think it's proved it can be done under a, an Olympic final. Yeah, or, but but the thing was, yeah, I agree with that. That's absolutely right. I, and I, but but, I'm, but I'm, I'm not doubting a human's ability. But but up until, up until Kip Chogi did it, there was a fair level of doubt as to whether or not it was actually humanly possible. Yeah. So what I mean is people, up until he did it under that manufactured environment, there was a lot of questions on whether it actually it was even possible with everything going your Here's way. Here's a question for you. Mm. Does Kip Chogi have, is he on a plant-based diet? <laughs> <laughs> he may be, I'm not sure. There's, and look, and he may be. There's a lot of people, I, I've been a very vocal exponent of drug abuse in sports. And the Kenyans are a bit like the Jamaicans. They're all a bit suspect. I don't know. But um, but I loved watching it, and that was my highlight of 2019. What about you for highlights, Shruti? Controversies. Oh, man. for you, but what about highlights? Oh, highlights. Not the Sharks? No. There hasn't been anything that's been super outstanding that, you know, I'll go. That was it. Yeah. Um... What is your best time of the NBA off-season? I think it's got to be. Mm. All um, the different movements and the demise yeah. of the Warriors? Uh, well, no, no, I mean... Or the demise of the super team? I'm, I'm happy that, that it, things have levelled out a bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm quite happy that now we're in a season where um, we legitimately don't know who is going to win or what four teams will be, you know, contesting the finals. Sure. Um, so I like it from that aspect. You know, really, that there's probably four or five teams that could, you know. Sure. You know, all, all it takes is an injury to, to one mm. one team, and then, you know, yep. another team who might be fifth or sixth and then on your rankings could somehow end up in the finals and yep. do what a Raptors did and, and win it. Um, you know, the Absolutely. Raptors in their series the year before were down. Yeah. Again, in every one of their series, they were down. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they come back to win, win them all, and then. Yeah, they earned it. Don't um, worry about that. Oh no! It was, it was a, mm. one one of the more entertaining runs to a to a finals. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, mate. There's probably nothing that's super outstanding. Um, it could have been really good if the Boomers had a medal. Yeah, um, that's what probably you know. I remember going into this year, we were saying you now this is the 
you know, this is what we're looking forward to the most. Mm. Um, next year, we have an Olympic year. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that'll probably be the highlight. Yeah, um, 2020. Tokyo, Olympics. Yeah. There, there was definitely more meh and disappointment moments from sport than what uh, what the highlights brought. A couple yeah. of meh moments for me were the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. In the way of like it was boring as a... They, they've ruined it with the mm. stupid over-officiating of... Yeah, yeah. The thing that did it for me um, was when uh, the Aussie winger, uh, I think it was Corabiti perhaps, yeah. was in that game against Wales and he ran yeah. and he just lifted his arm a little bit. Yeah. Got carded. Like, it's yeah, ridiculous. there's a lot of... It's, 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 rugby officiating is yeah. so over the top now. And, and when uh, I think when Australia played the All Blacks before the World Cup, one of their guys got sent off for like a really yeah. I mean, kind of... I thought rugby was bad when uh, the two thousand three World Cup was about, and Johnny mm-hmm. Wilkinson basically kicked his team to a World yeah. Cup win off the back of just purely that. playing for field position penalties. Yeah, and he basically field goaled his way to a World Cup. He did. Yeah, it was it was terrible to watch. Um, but you know, once again, they've where this all stems from, and I I don't know, you know, two things. Um, players getting injured mm. and this supposed you know um, duty of care to the player so yeah. a- anything around the shoulders and above is like an autumn in rugby it's a yellow card straight up yeah it's pretty black and white in, in that sort of you know way of, of making rulings yeah um, but the constant going back to a video and you think it's bad in rugby league yeah watching a try go through the, I mean they can go back four or five phases to an incident that happened Two minutes before an actual scoring play, yeah, yeah, and they can revoke the try on that. I mean, yeah. that, that has to stop. Yeah, you, you can't do that. No. Um, so yeah, I don't think. Like VAR, I'll, I'll be I'll be surprised if there's ten people that actually give two shits about rugby at the moment. Yep. Um, they they've ruined an otherwise okay game to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Same as in the, in the rugby league. I think rugby league's problems are easier to solve than rugby's. Yep. because it's more of a simple game. Mm. Um, it's just whether or not you know they have the smarts to actually to do that. To do that, you know, there's probably twenty rules that we could rattle off straight away that could improve the game. Yep. Um, uh, what else was there? Uh, well, you know, Israel Folau, he's a bit of a downer. He just seemed to be getting worse. Yeah, he wasn't just a mere moment. That was like a more of a oh, that dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. The Richmond uh, Tigers, you know, regaining dominant dominance in AFL. <clears throat> And the Giants, um, will the Giants be better or worse off for their loss in the... I think worse off. Yeah, they will be. Right. They had a severe stage fright. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's a shame, really, because I think... Uh, I actually think them winning a premiership may have sort of secured their long, long-term future. Yeah. Um, you know, they may go the way of, you know... They might be around, but it might be pretty shit. And yeah. If they have a cold... They may start getting less concessions from the league too, which more make it harder. Yeah, end up like the bloody Gold Coast too. Should be yeah. Tasmania, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a good twenty nineteen, Streety, and we're looking forward to a big twenty twenty. What are you going to do over the break, mate? Are you going to watch some NBA? Yeah, I watch that. Um, I don't really want to watch cricket. I didn't actually didn't even know they're playing a Test match. In mate, I uh, cricket and even the big bash league. I'm going to struggle to get into. Do you think um, Steve Smith certainly? Um, Revived himself. He did. Fell back, and not that he's ever out of the uh, the beloved hearts of Australian cricket fans. No, he was still a fan favourite. He was definitely a fan favourite. He also handled it better from a PR sense. Than yeah. Andrew what about Warner? Do you think Warner sort of got got back in? Um, you know, 
in the favour of the Australian public after uh, belting his three three five or whatever he got. Yeah, but he's yes, I think he has. But he's always a polarising figure, Dave Warner. Even before the controversy, he was a polarising figure, and people weren't sure really whether they liked him or hated him. Yeah. Um. I, so David Warner to me is going to be one of those guys that it, it's a little bit like Leighton Hewitt. Like Leighton Hewitt, everybody hated for the first ten years of his career. Yeah. And then for the last two years, I think everybody kind of liked the fact that he played his heart out. Yeah. And that he would have done anything to win for Australia. Yeah. And David Warner's like that, except David Warner would cheat to win for Australia. Well, he did. And yeah, that's right. And and so that's why Australians hate him. Mm. So everyone views him with a bit of skepticism, which is quite warranted. I I get that. Um, but in the end, I think probably as he as we get towards the end of David Warner's career, people will realise exactly the sort of special talent that he is, mm. um, even though he might be just a bit of a dick. So. And, what, and what do you make of him scoring the three three five? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, uh-huh. what scoring play he, he got to get to that, whether he was on three 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 and hit a, hit a, a two, or sure. he was on yeah. 3.31 and hit a boundary. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what happened there, but, um, you know, I know that uh, there were a few people that... Um, you know, called him out. Yeah. For, you know, oh, yeah. you should have, you shouldn't have overtaken that. You should have just retired on three, three, four because of the don or whatever. Uh, like myself, and I think a lot of people did also forget that Matt Hayden yeah. actually has the record. Has the record, yeah, three eighty. And that, and and honestly, like, uh, mate, I didn't see a problem with it. Records are made to be broken. Yeah, every record in sport is going down these days, and and that's for a number of different reasons. And it, and in the end. Just because one of those guys goes past him, that doesn't, wouldn't, you know, dilute the Dom's legacy. And, you know, every player can't be expected to just not go past that score. Mm. And so, you know, who cares? Like, I couldn't have given two shits, really. Like, yeah. I couldn't have cared less if he batted on to 400. Like, tried to go after Brian Lara or whatever. So, yeah, well, 403. Yeah, so, you know, like, have a crack at that. What I, you know, like, I probably would have rather than see the Australian team at least give him a shot at that. Yeah. So, but anyway... That's the way it goes. So, but anyway, mate, it's been a great 2019. We might have to call it quits there because we've been talking for a long time. We have. 45 minutes of which was you talking about your trip. Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, people, people want to know what happened. People so want to know, mate. People people want to know where I've, I've had a chance to sit down with many people and actually give them the full blow for blow. No, and I liked it, I think. Maybe because no one really wants to listen to that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I think it was worthwhile, mate. There's a couple of stories in there that I hadn't heard. Yeah. I hadn't heard the New York one, I'll tell you. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if anyone wants to know uh, the ins and outs of N- NBA life, yeah. just uh, contact me and happy <laughs> to give you the rundown. Reach out. Now, we've got a couple of other special Slide things. Slide into my DMs. We've got a couple of special things that we're working on for 2020 in sports and spirit. We're going to try and get a little bit more technical equipment in here. Yes. And we're going to try and uh, ramp things up a bit professionally. But we've also been talking to someone we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Liam Simmons. Yes. Who has actually moved out of the NCAA coaching ranks and has accepted his first head coaching position in the New Zealand National Basketball League with the newest team in the league called the Franklin Bulls. Yeah. They play out of a town called... Pukakawa, I think it's you know, pronounced, I'm not really sure, just about an hour outside of Auckland, yep. on the North Island of New Zealand. Yep. Liam will, and his family will be moving there in February, um, and after February he has agreed to be a bit more of a regular on the show. Yes, absolutely. And give us a bit of an insight into what life is like. He's going to have his own segment. He is, yeah. You know what it's called? What do we end up calling? Spot and chops with Liam. Spot and chops with Liam. <laughs> I like it. That's fantastic. Fantastic. That's yeah, fantastic, bro. 
Um, and so Sports and Speed are going to try and organise a road trip to get across and see a couple of Franklin Bulls games. Yep. If we can, but otherwise... Across the Dutch. Across eh? the Dutch. Bro. We are going to invite William on on a regular basis to give us a little bit of his insight into sporting world yeah. and what life is like as a professional coach. So uh, we really look forward to having Liam on board. We really look forward to having a mixing board so we can make funny noises as well. Yeah. And uh, so that we can keep bringing you all your favourite moments from sports. And That's sport. right. And uh, an introduction of a mailbag or a Q and A. Yep. So uh, we're putting out there for some uh, topics to cover. Mm. Uh, some questions you can uh, send us. Yep. And you know, we can answer truthfully, yeah. wholeheartedly. And we have been a bit lazy. We've had a few people reach out that have offered to put us in touch with some athletes that are, would be happy to talk to us, um, and some people involved in sport. And so we're going to look to probably revive the sports and spit files. Um, or spit files, I should say, and uh, and get a few people in to do some one-on-one interviews. That's so. right. Mm. Um, and uh, you know we're we're happy to take the corporate dollar. So if there's a <laughs> uh, a sponsor out there wanting to get on board, we're yeah. happy to uh, peddle your product and yeah. you know re- read out some uh, well-crafted written ads, pr- right. promote your product, service, or brand. Yeah. Um, and uh, in return. Yeah, so you, you may not know in the break that we've had Trudy, I did make my debut on commercial radio. So I, um, I if you listen out at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning, you'll hear me read out some water-saving tips for Hunter Water every <laughs> now and again. So, uh, really? Yeah, so if you, uh, you recognise the voice, then you recognise the tips. And don't forget, you there's lots more you can do now, to save your now, food. Now, did this radio spot come about from someone listening to this podcast? No, it didn't. Huh? No, it just came about because I sit really close to the communications guy. That's bullshit. I, I reckon they know that you, that you do a podcast <laughs> and they just sneak you listening. Uh, this guy sounds alright. Yeah, right. No, there was plenty of people with me better than I was. I mean, you were Ian Hira Speech McKenzie. It's true. Before. That yeah, if, you true. Needed, if you needed an MC, Macca was the man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, people were telling me I should commercialise that as a skill, but yeah. uh, I never did. But anyway, here we are at Sports and Spit. So thanks for joining us in 2019, guys. And uh, a and promise we... to you guys out there, next year mm. we will be hitting episode 50. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. So we're only 17 away, so we're going to grind through it. Yeah, we'll, we More will than get one that. a month. Oh, so. totally. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good Christmas. No and worries. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you soon, 2020.